0: It's almost Valentine's Day. Put a ring on it. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range.
1: Support for The Range comes from Macau & Gordon Construction, Fidelity
0: Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, the people who make sure tabletop board games are ready for the market.
2: With playtesters, one of the you know, most important perspectives to have is right, somebody who, for lack of a better term, is looking to break the game.
0: But first, love is in the air as Valentine's Day approaches. Couples will be out and about at local restaurants celebrating their lives together. And for some, an engagement ring might be on the horizon. But as Kylie Cameron reports, there's some things to consider before you take that next step.
1: According to historians, the tradition of the engagement ring can be traced back to ancient Rome. The custom was around for generations. But after World War II, the tradition fell out of favor for many Americans. That is, until the A Diamond is Forever campaign in 1947, which marketing experts say transformed the wedding ring industry. The couple's come in together and let her narrow it down, and then he might come back and get it later to surprise her. But first, we just walk them through the step of educating them, and that's a big part because they're expensive, no matter what you say. Carolyn Sayre owns Sayre's Fine Jewelry in College Hill, which opened almost 20 years ago. She and her husband help couples pick out their rings, design them, and make repairs. In her 42 years in the jewelry industry, she says she's seen a lot of different trends.
2: The traditional round diamond
1: isn't as popular right now with the... Um, so the opals are very popular. And solitaires, more solitaires. Instead, of a few years ago, it was the halo style with the diamonds around the center stone. That's just one of the things a couple has to consider in their search for the perfect ring. Jen Cole and Timothy Larson got engaged on New Year's Day last year. But before then, Larson says he spent weeks researching engagement ring styles. I didn't want it to be gaudy and just this... Mm-hmm. Big hunk of glass on her on her ring finger. I wanted to be a little bit more petite, little little smaller, and so I went with the the real diamond. Yeah. yeah. Do You think he did a good job? He did a perfect job. <laughs> he did a perfect job. I just I love it. This is the second marriage for both Cole and Larson. They both had similar experiences from their weddings, which they say were small and rushed. It's like is it is a mulligan. You know, it's a do over. We're gonna be married for the rest of our lives and it's like why not do it up do it big how it's supposed to be done as a romantic cole agrees i remember like planning it when I was in college, like, oh, these would be the colors I would pick. This would be the kind of dress I would want. I would want this and that and this. I want to get married at this spot. Sayer, the jeweler, says it's the experiences and romance that partners enjoy together that draws them into the tradition of buying an engagement ring. They just get romantic about wanting to buy something nice for their partner. And to show love. That's what it's about, to show love and the promise that, yes, I will marry you. I want you forever. For couples thinking about getting engaged, Cole says they should enjoy their time together and give themselves a little extra time for wedding planning. Engagement is a very unique time in your life. My advice would be if you're engaged, please like enjoy the engagement mm-hmm. part because it has been a lot of fun. It's For it's sure. really fun to be a fiance, a fiance. For the range, I'm Kylie Cameron.
0: You can read more of Kylie's story at KmUW.org. There's a lot that goes into making a tabletop game. There's even more that goes into making a good tabletop game. Hugo Fan talked with a couple of local gamers who are participating in one of the crucial steps of bringing a game to market. Yeah, Whoever goes whole goes first. Oh, that's right. So I'm. That's Kevin go. Smith and Norm Nevins.
2: They're lifelong tabletop gamers. They've played every type of hobby game there is, from elaborate board games to complex role-playing games. Recently, Nevins and Smith have focused on one particular game, Warzone Eternal, a title that's scheduled to be released later this year. It's a tactical miniature skirmish game in which several factions duke it out for supremacy in a dystopian future. Over the past several years, they've logged numerous sessions playing the game.
0: If you look over three years, that's 150 weeks, I would guess at least... At least 50-plus games. So how did Smith
2: and Nevins get their hands on the game before everyone else? They're playtesters, a role in the development of tabletop games that test drives the product to make sure the rules are fair and accessible. In 2022, the board game market was worth nearly $19 billion. It's projected to become a $40 billion industry by 2028. With money on the line, it makes sense for a tabletop company to ensure that players have a good experience. Alex Knaus is the CEO of ResNova Games, which publishes Warzone Eternal. He says that the role of playtesting is crucial in the game-making process. With playtesters, one of the um, you know, most important perspectives to have is right, somebody who, for lack of a better term, is looking to break the game. So Smith and Nevin set out and tried to break the game. Over? and over and over again. They then reported their findings back to Kanaus, so he could decide whether changes need to be implemented. For Nevins, experiencing the whole process and seeing the changes over time is satisfying. You begin to see, oh, hey, we've modified that based on the input we sent. And, and that's really gratifying to know that you're actually making an impact into the design process. And for many seasoned players, insight into the process is a reward unto itself. According to Knauss, it's an opportunity for them to look under the hood of the game. Yeah, you know, it's getting to participate in something that that still is in its formative stage, so you get to see it kind of roots and all, you get to see how the sausage is made a little bit. In the end, Smith hopes Warzone Eternal will attract an audience, so he can keep playing the game he's spent so much time testing.
0: The hope would be that the gameplay is solid enough, and that the models are solid enough that the additional players out of our local stores would find that the game is worth looking at and investing in.
2: For the range,
0: I'm Hugo Fan. Roll 14 for me. Uh, Eight. That hits. So okay. let's make sure that gets both guys. You've got the toll. There's more of Hugo's story at KMUW.org. And one last thing. I finally got rid of my landline this week. And I know what you're thinking. Did you get rid of the fax machine too? I'm not sure why it took so long to make the move. Probably because I've always had a landline. I still remember my phone number from the first two houses I grew up in as a kid in the 60s and 70s. I thought of all the news, good and bad, that's been delivered or received through that phone but nostalgia can only take you so far when you're paying 45 bucks a month to get spam calls during dinner. I guess maybe it's time to get rid of my VCR, too. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Jonathan Huber, and Beth Goulet. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torrin Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine. And this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.
1: Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's
0: podcasts.